Thomas Green here with Ethical Marketing Service. On the podcast today, we have Swire Ho, also known as the promo guy. Swire, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me on the show, Thomas. No problem. Would you like to take a moment and tell the audience a little bit about yourself and what you do? Sure. My name is Swire. Uh, people also call me the promo guy. I'm in the promotional product business. So people normally, when they think about that, they think about, you know, cheapies that they buy to give away. You know, the way that we look at it, you know, we look at, you know, promotional product is a, a way that uh, a development team can buy to make a better impression in front of their client. And also, you know, I know we're going to talk about today, uh, you can actually use promotional product to retain uh, your current client to make them happy. And the ultimate goal that we found uh, by using a great promotional product campaign is turn people that want to be associated with your brand. So then they are passionate about your brand that they'll engage, refer, and connect with other people uh, without even you asking them because they like your company so much. Yeah, so um, the, the topic of discussion um, is going to be customer attention today. But before we get into that, you, is it right you, you sold your company? Is that correct? Uh, we were in a CD DVD replication business before, and then we sold the company in 2013. So can you, do you mind just telling me the story about that? Because I'm always interested to hear about um, businesses which either they, they exit or they get acquired or something like that. So do you mind telling that story before we get started? Sure. In hindsight, it, it seems like a good move, right? Because when 2013, <laughs> that's where we, uh, when internet is getting faster, streaming is getting picked up. Um, but then going back all the way to the beginning, you know, we, uh, I somehow, uh, stumbled on it because on the day of my honeymoon in 2003, I found out that the company that I worked for at that time went on a business. Uh, I was trained to be a recording uh, engineer and then, uh, the last company I worked for before I founded my own company, uh, we also make CDs and DVDs, and we also do audio mastering. Um, so, but then it's a small company, unfortunately, went out of business. So I just got married and no job. So decided to went out on my own and, uh, you know, talk to a lot of people. I did a lot of cold call, didn't know anything better. Uh, so just basically old school, picking up the phone, uh, contacting people. But then along the way, I find out that, um, don't make your, I, I didn't make my service a commodity because if you think about it, CD and DVD are kind of commodity at, you know, a previous time. But then we actually found uh, ways to package them specially, you know, because now we're, they're, they're known to us that we have all this fancy packaging. Sometimes you see a toy or a figure that put into a box set, you know, they can sell you, uh, you know, a few dollars more instead of just buying you a uh, disc in a box. So uh, we are doing a lot of custom project and actually kind of like how we transition to promotional product. Uh, when a musicians or when a movie uh, are done, they ask, you know, do you guys do t-shirts? Do you guys do merchandise? When we go on tour, we wanted to sell some of these stuff. Do you guys uh, do that? And we said, yes. So we somehow got into that industry. So when we sold the company, uh, when I say we, me and I, my wife are a business partner. That's the real, okay. right? Um, and then we decided we wanted to do a promotional product full time. So that's kind of like a short story version of this. So how, how did it go from, you know, being your day job, if you like, to being, is it right? You got acquired by a bigger company, right? How did that happen? 
It's a local competitor. You know, they always want to find out where we're getting the custom packaging because at, at that time we were known for our custom packaging. For example, uh, we, uh, there are documentaries that are focused on, um, you know, sustainable. You know, they want to be eco-friendly. So they didn't like all the plastic that we normally put in in a DVD case. So we actually source, uh, material that are a hundred percent post-consumer race recyclable. And all the packagings are done, so then you could really compost it if you like. So then it became a hit. So a lot of people come to us for uh, special packaging. So a lot of people are looking onto us and see how we're able to do that because we are, you know, targeting those higher margin, if you will, uh, clients. So um, local competitor always interested in talking to us, finding out what we're doing. Uh, when we decided we want to sell, you know, we kind of approach them. Uh, it's a good mutual connection. Uh, so I, and I stay on for about a year, uh, carrying things over and then, you know, we're done. So you actually approached them regarding, um, them buying you rather than the other way around. Yeah. We got into talking and then, you know, uh, figure out what, uh, what is it that they would like to purchase and then, uh, we negotiate and then, you know, we, um, you know, it was a good fit because they were already in the industry. Uh, it's easier. To do that and you know to from someone from the outside who who didn't know you know, a lot about the business are you happy with the, the the transaction happy to exit at that point i think so uh because uh we had you know kids then you know it's a lot of stress right um you know we uh, we actually took a year off so that that was nice and then uh but then we didn't just want to sit at home and do nothing so that's why uh, we we decided to start a new business, and that's your your promo promo guy brand, um, or your um, brand products. You, you brand products, is that right? Yeah. So <clears throat> what we do is, uh, you know, easy way to think about it is a company wanted to promote themselves. They wanted to impress their client, so they will be uh, finding the right item that are resonate with their target audience, and then they put their logo on it, and then they will be. Uh, given out, uh, you know, in before COVID, you know, at a trade show, at an event, or, uh, maybe they have a lunch and learn, uh, type of, uh, event. So they will give out this, um, item. So then, uh, people will, can relate to them. Maybe they're selling a higher price ticket item. So people won't buy it, uh, the first day. So they're, they're kind of building in the branding. So then, you know, when you think of this item, then you will think of us. So it's kind of like a, gentle reminder of the company. So, and then, you know, going towards to our conversation, then you can ha actually help, uh, imagine you just buy something that you're really proud of, but then you couldn't take it on the street with you. But then if the company give you a t-shirt, you might wear it, you know, to wherever you're going to go. And then your friends, your colleagues going to say, you know, who's that uh, on the t-shirt? Then you actually speak about that company on their behalf without them paying you. All they have done is just giving you the t-shirt or the, the the thing that you might be wearing it or using it daily. Uh, then, you know, you're actually talking good things about them. Okay. So um, regarding the, because I, I love the concept, um, regarding the customer <laughs> retention stuff, the reason I wanted to discuss it with you is because I actually think it's a an area that most businesses neglect. So you mentioned this prior to recording, but you basically said that once most businesses or some businesses get a customer, then they've got it and they don't worry too much about them anymore. They're just kind of focused on new customers only and that's it. But 
um, as you pointed out, there's an awful, or I agree as well, there's an awful lot of value that the customer has and neglecting them can be incredibly expensive. So what would you, you say that you specialize or you, you know about um, customer retention programs. Mm -hmm. What is a customer retention program and how would you implement it? Before I start that, you know, you'll be a perfect uh, expert to, to ask about this. Uh, what are the most competitive industry out there? And then how much do people spend on, uh, you know, their ad campaign to acquire a client? Do you have uh, numbers like that? Uh, for our industry or generally speaking? For, for clients, like would they spend, let's say, you know, 100 or 200 or 500? Do you, uh, you know, have a report or a study like that? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I can give you rough numbers, but um, which which industry do you mean? Do you mean my industry? Um, let's say, you know, if they are in insurance, you know, because what I wanted to uh, point out is, you know, from what I've learned, right? So confirm if I'm wrong. Uh, for example, one of the popular industry here, it's, uh, you know, personal injury attorney. So you got into an accident and then uh, you need a lawyer to represent you. So they would spend anywhere from a uh, hundred all the way up to 500 US dollar uh, to buy ads to be in front of people. So when they search for, you know, injury attorney, uh, they will see that. But then afterward, they will think uh, in their industry, when you're said and done, uh, you know, after your accident, then you're no longer a client. So then they spend zero dollar on uh, retaining any client. But then uh, in our case, chances are when I look at it, if someone is happy, you're able to help them, let's say, to get the insurance money that they're supposed to get. Uh, they are willing to tell people when the case are settled. So it, it is a perfect way. Uh, it's kind of, it's, it's like a referral program. So what you do, you send them uh, a thank you gift. Obviously, a thank you letter will be nice. And then what you want to do is you want to make sure that uh, you check in to make sure that they're happy. They're, they're um, satisfied with the experience. If you know that, then pass on the item to them and ask them actually for referrals. Do they know any friends, colleagues, family uh, that might be in a car accident? So if the case, then you wanted to get the numbers with them. That goes on. Uh, the, the program can work for uh, other company. For example, uh, if you are selling, you know, if you put a lot of money in marketing, right? You, you get a, a decent sized company and you work with, let's say, the marketing company, right? Then uh, afterwards, you can actually use promotional product to ask your uh, representative that are in there, do you think there are other uh, colleagues of yours in the uh, human resource or maybe the administrative department that might be able to use my service? So now you are using uh, a way to ask them and then you're using promotional product to kind of help uh, the effort. So we found that you know if you plan for it, the success rate for you getting the top referral that you're looking for a lot better. Mm. So um, the the one you outlined there was um, sort of in a way a one-time transaction. So you were mm -hmm. you were referring to a business with um, no repeat custom, mm -hmm. um, and you would either once they become a customer or once they the business is concluded, you say thank you, and mm -hmm. you give them a promotional. Uh, branded gift of some sort and you ask for a referral those are basically the three steps is that right and then also uh like i mentioned before let's say if i 
you know, purchase a, a car, right, at a dealership. So obviously, I can't take a car anywhere, you know, to my work. I'll park at the car park and then I'll go to work. But what if the dealership, you know, gave them a T-shirt or gave them something they're proud of with the uh, name of the brand of the car on it? So uh, people will notice that they have a car, right? They say, say, where did you get it? Where did you get your car? So then the dealership, uh, you know, information are on the t-shirt. So they will look at what they're wearing. They'll say, you know, I got it from this dealership or they'll see the information on it. But then you don't want it to make it too hot sell the logo to be way too big. You know, it got to blend in. And then what we also, uh, you know, suggested the client is always think about your targeted audience. Like who are they? You know, the more that you can tell us who they are. Uh, the demographics, the gender, uh, the age, uh, you know, what kind of hobbies that they like, the better that we could find a gift, uh, that they will be, uh, resonate with. Because for example, Thomas, you and I probably have different, uh, interests. We, we like different things. So something that works for me as a promotional product are not going to work for you. So, uh, as a marketer, you know, it's our job to find out as much as about our target audience. So then when we spend our marketing dollar, you know, either to acquire or to attain a client, then we can make the educated uh, decision of what we should do exactly. Yeah, that was going to be one of my questions about, um, because I feel like the, the gift, what you give is going to be very important in how valuable it's perceived to the person who receives it. But you mm -hmm. basically said that the answer is knowing who your customer is and what's important to them. Yeah, because sometimes people will look at me funny, right? Because, you know, I just want to buy a pen, right? I just want to buy a, a bag or whatever that they want to buy. But then I'll ask them the question, uh, why would you want to do that? You know, if you don't mind, you tell me a little bit more. Uh, who are they for? You know, what purpose are you using? Because uh, I think clients sometimes they are afraid that they're going to miss out. You know, they have, you know, a certain marketing budget dollar, but then they wanted to target to, uh, I used to word everyone. But in marketing, we know that you don't target everyone. You know, you find your target audience and then you market to your target audience. There obviously are other people, everyone. Uh, you might not need to focus them right now. So whenever it calls for, uh, their attention, maybe to grow, uh, your area and then, uh, get into a new market. Then you do another campaign. But then if you decided these are the people that are in your campaign, that these are your target, then you just focus on, uh, focus on them, you know, not have to worry about everyone else because no one has a budget to target everyone. Mm. Would, would you make a distinction between those one time purchase businesses versus the recurring customers? So would your approach be different if someone was paying monthly, for example? Yeah, because, you know, if they, you got to find out why people buy from you. Uh, a lot of companies actually don't think about that. They think about, you know, I got to spend this money. I got to place an ad. I got to be here and there uh, to get clients in. But once they purchase it, do you know exactly why they, they bought, purchased from you? And then you could obviously do a survey, you know, you can actually pick up the phone and call them so you can get more data, you know, and then you could build up, you know, what we call it a buyer persona, uh, to know exactly from top to bottom, how are they go through the journey? How are they going through the buying process? Are there, uh, any parts that you are, you can improve on? So by, you know, Constantly engaging with them and you don't have to spend a lot of money. You know, people spend, 
anywhere, like I was saying, you know, 100 to 500 or depending on industry, if you're an investment firm, maybe you spend a thousand dollars, you know, to, to get a client because you know, over the, the value of their lifetime, they probably spend way more than that. But then afterwards, uh, we don't really care about them. Like when is the last time after you purchase something that a sales rep or a customer service actually call you? They probably don't like they, you see automatic email, but then, Think about if there's a, if you develop a program that you engage with them, you know that maybe your product and services are seasonal. Maybe when it changes the season, you know that if, let's say in the sports industry, you know that when you go to uh, winter, you know, you play a different sports than in summer. So if you are a good sports, um, you know, apparel company, then you know that they probably are changing. There are little items that knowing your client that you can prompt them to think about this changing season maybe you need to upgrade your gear or maybe you always think about buying this uh equipment you know to go on your winter adventure so by by fall then you know if you're smart then you know you can remarket to the client which they will have a better relationship because they already know who you are for the cost for remarketing to your existing client would definitely be lower than you know someone who doesn't know about your company mm, the um the costs or the, the probability that you're going to get money from someone who's already given you money is much higher than someone who hasn't given you money. So it's a mm -hmm. good it's a good source of revenue for a business. Um, and you said in your let's say your letter to a um, to an existing customer asking for a referral is that um, in exchange for a because some businesses do you know will give you a voucher or you know whatever it might be what's what's that look like in terms of the the referral are you just asking for it or is there a strategy behind that well it depends on what it is you know we, we with now with you know the pandemic you know we actually you know doing more uh, e-commerce so if in fact, you know, our company has a lot of referrals to do. You can actually set up a solution to go online and, uh, there are company now that, you know, like you said, the voucher. So if you refer us, you know, we give you maybe, you know, X amount of dollar that you could, uh, go onto our website and, you know, pick out the gift that you like. And then, you know, we can drop ship that to you. You can do it, uh, automatic like that, or it could just be an old fashioned phone call, you know, to really have the, uh, maybe the representative to call to say, are you happy with, uh, your experience or the product, you know, can you, uh, think of, you know, a few names that could benefit, uh, from what we do? And then you uh, give them the product itself. So I think it's to maintain, uh, the effort because, you know, people spend a lot of time, you know, be on sales call, you know, getting people in the door, right? But after they are inside, then you still got to, uh, retain and communicate with them, uh, whenever that you think is needed. So to maintain that relationship, because, you know, People want to be part of a brand. Then you you can do that to feel like to make them feel like they they really are a part of your company. Mm. And do you have any um, sort of popular products that people like to buy? Is it t-shirts and pens, or is there something you know something new that you'd recommend? Well, from right now, obviously the most popular one is still a uh, printed face mask, right? Uh, right? Hopefully, you know, we'll get over that soon. But what we have noticed, uh, it goes beyond, uh, re retaining customer too. Now it's retaining employees because as we know, more people are working from home. More people are working remotely before it, even if you, uh, if you work for a bigger company, then you'll be uh, in an office with a lot of people your supervisor, manager, the, the owner of the company, then they can kind of watch over you and see what you're doing, right? You, you belong to a team. 
you know, that you wanted to feel motivated to work. But a lot of those people are working from home right now. And then if you're good at what you do, the headhunters know exactly where you are. So by me, uh, I'm an active user on LinkedIn and I connect with a lot of my clients. I know that a lot of them actually switching jobs. You know, for the past year, I think I've noticed a, a, a contact of mine that has switched jobs three times already. So what that really means is because they're now working from home, it doesn't really matter if they work for company A or company C. They're still doing the same work that, you know, be in front of their computer. So they don't feel the sense of belonging to a team and a company. So we have been doing a lot of uh, employees kit that we actually help uh, send to all the employees that they have. So then they feel like they're part of the team. You know, we give, we give them different uh, t-shirts, different items, or um, that can enhance their work from home experience. Or we even send out, uh, we, we can even send out a branded uh, webcam or um, you know, a more decent microphone to make their uh, Zoom experience better. So we're actually doing more of those because uh, the human resource department know that they need to make sure that the employees are happy at home so then they could keep the employees and not have someone, you know, to steal the employees, which again, if you retain the employees, it'll be a lot cheaper than you acquire a new employee who have the same skills level and you have to train them. Mm, sort of the same principle, isn't it? Um, mm -hmm. With respect to the customer and also the employee. Um, so you can, if you send them something that it makes them feel more engaged, then you get the same result. You get more loyalty, right? Yeah, it's, it's not really a, uh, you know, new concept, but it's just like human interaction. Because if, if I'm nice to you and always, you know, care about you and you feel that I am caring, then, you know, you will, you know, look at me differently too. Then it, it is something that transactional, then you don't have any loyalties to the brand. Uh, that's how promotional product can, uh, help. You know, I, I would say, uh, you use it as a tool so, along with other, uh, campaign and strategies that you might have. What's the um, most advanced kind of or in-depth program that you've seen a company do? I think with what we have and, you know, especially for people who, who normally will uh, go to a trade show and or exhibit at, you know, uh, other conferences, uh, they're moving online. And I think they are getting, people are getting smart. You know, you and I probably been on a lot of Zoom meetings. You know, right? People have been on like 10 Zoom meetings a day. Uh, it gets boring, right? Even if you know that person normally are an engaging speaker. But then if you're on a computer, people talk for like 15 minutes. You can't help but you scan, start scanning your email and maybe you check Facebook, right? You start people looking around. Uh, we actually, uh, along with the client, came up with what we call uh, engaging kits. So in, imagine you attend a conference or maybe, you know, people think about a uh, company gathering, you know, the CEO talks for like 45 minutes. No one really want to have time to do that. But then we send them a kit, you know, along with items and sometimes game that they can play. So the speaker now can speak for maybe 15, 20 minutes. Everyone go to maybe a breakout room and then they take out the item that was presented to them and they play little kind of game or an activity that are related to the topic. So we get people back and engaged, maybe a five minute, 10 minute breaks, and then now we're reset, and then we're now ready to get on to more information. So I think this is something new that, you know, uh, company and us have discovered to uh, engage and get the attention of the people because it's pretty hard to sit through a two hour meeting in front of your camera and you're just sitting there and listen to people talking. 
yeah, I know what you mean. What kind of game was it out of interest? Well, it could be a jigsaw puzzle, or it could uh, be you know something that relate to the company. And we haven't well, we uh, actually done uh, for a hotel. We send out all the mixing drinks uh, ingredients to all the uh, recipients. So you know they still have a bartender, right? Holding the exact item. This is how you make a drink. You know, this is how much you put in ice, whatever it is, and then you mix it and you actually drink it with everyone during the Zoom meeting. You know, how fun was that? And then they continue with their presentation. So again, this uh, will think about who your target audience will be, who will be attending the meeting. Then we'll have different uh, you know ideas that we provide to the client. I actually learned this from uh, my I have two kids. They uh, attend school virtually that's how the teacher does it you know <laughs> when she talks for 20 minutes they'll have the kids stand up jump around and do activities and then sometimes you know they will send uh, activities uh, to the kids so whenever they go through 30 minutes or 45 minutes they'll have the kids do some activities together and then uh, they reset their mind and then the lesson begins again so kind of stole that idea from the teacher yeah it's um where some of the best ideas come across right you take yeah. them from another industry. Yeah, I like to pay attention to different industry and different people, how they're doing and engaging with uh, their audience. And then I kind of put that uh, into the business to see if I can use similar uh, you know, ideas uh, to help my clients. So um, what are some of the worst customer retention um, programs or examples that you've seen? Is that worse? The worst ones, yeah. Well, it's the worst is they don't do anything. You know, they would think that <laughs> other than that, they, they get the client in. They don't want to spend, you know, like, like I was asking, you know, to you, because if you, if you would spend $500 to acquire a client if, and you're spending $0 to retain a client. So how much more would you want to do? Maybe when you retain a client doing the math, you might spend maybe anywhere from 20 to 50. Uh, to retain a client, but then you know, I ask people to think about you know, it's sometimes they don't want to listen to it, or maybe they don't figure out you know the math behind it. You know, like you, you, we know that we need to market our product and service, and then we need there's a cost for running a business, obviously, right? Uh, but then why don't you balance it? You know, maybe spend equal amount, or depending on what your uh, particular goals are, you know, spend more money on retaining a client. Uh, Things that I do, I, I, you know, it, it, instead of giving you a worse example, I'll give you this uh, as a math example. So, for, for example, you have, let's say, $2,000 that you want to spend, right, for, uh, you know, retaining your client. Would you rather to spend it to everyone that are co-client to you that don't know about, about your business or tell me who your top 10 clients are and then we do uh, $200 Per client. So then you can find something really nice to make them happy. Do you think that if your top 10 clients increase their order with you will affect your bottom line or all those 2000 new clients order from you will change your bottom line? What, what do you think that might be? Um, I think that that's probably that there would be tests done on that. And I think it would probably vary by business. I think that there's probably. Some examples where if you treat your customers well, you know, the revenue would explode. And then there's some other the other examples where if you spend that much on advertising on new business, it can do really well. But I think the principle is that basically people don't do anywhere near enough on customer attention and they focus too heavily on new business. I think that's 
a fair mm. a fair conclusion, right? Yeah, because on on your success rate too, it depends on the industry. Because just because you want to market to two thousand people, not all two thousand people are going to respond. But then if they are already your top ten, then they know who you are. You know, you already do a lot of uh, business with them, so you you know, I assume that you have a good relationship. So it's a lot easier to approach the top 10 and send them something nice and to ask them maybe to increase their order. I think the, the return for getting a top 10 will be better than you, if you target 2000 people out. So, uh, again, depending on industry, you might get only get like 10, 15% of those respond. So which way would you rather focus on if you only have a certain uh, budget? You know, I'll always encourage people to think about your top 10. You know, you got to keep the top 10. You, you got to make sure that they love and connect with your brand, uh, because they are your top 10 client who are giving you the most business. Yeah, that's a great point. So, um, can you tell me a little bit more about how you actually got into this business? Cause, um, that you're doing some quite innovative things. And, um, you know, I understand it was kind of, um, a branching off from your previous business, but how did you, how did it all change? If you saw what I mean? Well, I always like to find out the unobvious when, you know, most people just walk by and miss the opportunity. I'm the type of person when we sit at dinner, I'll look under the table to see what kind of chairs, legs that they have. So I, I like to go into different uh, industry and I would study what works for them, what don't work for them. You know, that's how when we were at the DVD uh, industry, you know, I found out that there's actually a lot of demand for people looking for alternative packaging other than the DVD box and they want to do a box set. They want to be uh, better than everyone. You know, I think the, the key for us to, uh, in business is I don't want to be, uh, a company that sells commodity. You know, commodity is in that industry. You know, you sell pants, you sell a t-shirt, but, uh, a hundred other company can have the same pan and same t-shirts. So it's the thinking, it's the question that we ask and it's the, uh, willingness to develop the uh, program with our client that keep us separate than a commodity type vendor. You know, we wanted to try to, uh, the thinking will be, can I make myself an advisor to my client? Because you will change vendor uh, constantly. But then if you find a good advisor, then you will always go to them for, uh, you know, suggestions, ideas, and you, you will seek out for the advice. And, uh, and then in return, they'll help you. And then that's how I'm able to uh, make sure that my clients are happy and keep coming back. Mm, that reminds me of, um, have you heard of Jay Abraham at all? Mm. He, uh, he advocates being a trusted advisor rather than treating, treating it as like transactional. Yeah, sometimes it's, it's tough because our, our industry is a commodity and you can find the same pan in really a lot of other places. It's just, um, you have to ask more questions. You have to be more willing to, you know, work with people. Uh, there, there are transactional company like ours, you know, e-commerce really big and big warehouses and they just sell, uh, you know, a pen making like 10 cents profit, but then they sell millions of those pens. So it's another different model. Uh, but then we like to focus on, uh, you know, more of the client and the why and the campaign. Uh, so I think it's more fun that way. Mm. And um, what's some of the most innovative um, products that you've given away, other than the the, the ones that you mentioned that um, with the drinks? Well, I think for innovative, it's not 
one that you haven't seen before. You know, probably when uh, the product get onto promotional product, then you probably be on the retail market. You know, then uh, they know that when uh, people wanted to co-brand with them, that's why I'm saying. But then as we change, as we pivot fear uh, the pandemic, you know, there are different uh, ideas that are available. You know, for example, the Zoom one that I was suggesting, the employees one that is setting, uh, I think especially if you're a nonprofit, you know, if you are a school that are thinking about uh, fundraising, you know, the, the old way, the old traditional way is to have a bunch of people here, then you uh, wine and dine them and then you ask them for their kind donation. But right now we couldn't really do that. So another uh, thing that we actually have developed is, you know, putting uh, online fundraising store for all this nonprofit and, and school so that their um, item or their meeting can be online and, you know, you, you can find a new way for a supporter to support your organization. So I think um, not really the item specific, but then how we actually use and uh, execute, you know, these items for, on behalf of the client. Mm, it's about being a, bit, a little bit creative. So let's say you have um, someone who is a typical business owner, if you could use that phrase, typical business owner, mm-hmm. and they're neglecting their current customers. What are the first few steps that you should you would advise them to do? Well, I would say if they haven't thought about that, you know, for the idea to retain the client, obviously, you know, start thinking about that, and then uh, put together a list of your most frequent client, the people who like your business the most. Who are they? You know, what are their uh, specific about why they do that, and make as many notes as you can about their client. And then that will be your ideal client. So as a, as you want to market to them, you want to be able to clone those clients. You know, if you know that if they fit all this profile, this person are going to spend the most money at my product and services. What if you, you can find a way to make these people and you can clone them 10 times, a hundred times or a thousand times. So then when you place an ad or when you buy a promotional product, then when I ask you, you know, who are these people? You know, what do they like? What are their hobbies? Where are they going to hang out? Uh, how are they going to consume your product and services? The more that you can, can tell me, you know, because we have over 10,000 items that we have available right now in the catalog. And then when we go, uh, you know, to custom, there's unlimited, but you don't want that. You don't want all this 10,000 items. It doesn't really work for you on, on some of the things. And the more than you can tell me, I can funnel it down to the exact item that when I, when you send it to the recipient, they'll be so happy. They'll be taking pictures and posting on social media and talking about you. Look at what, you know, this company has sent me. You know, they, they know what I do and they actually help you promote it. You know, we, we pay company pay, uh, internet influencers a lot of money just to, you know, pretend they use the product and then they post uh, on Instagram or Facebook on TikTok. But then what about a real client who are now really happy with you? And then obviously they have less influence, but then we can always affect people around us, at least at least 10 people, maybe our spouse, our kids, our colleagues, our, our best friend, right? So what if this, you can turn all these uh, clients that really have into brand advocates. So they actually go out and tell people, hey, check out this brand, you know, you know, you should buy this product or use this service. You know, think about it in terms of their perspective, because a lot of company, when they come to us, they want to say, so what do you have? You know, I want to buy this. I want to buy that. But then think about it. Does the recipient want to receive it? Mm-hmm. 
sometimes they don't think like that. They think, oh, I just want to buy this. You know, that's what I want. But are, are they really wanting to receive that? Sometimes, you know, you got to ask yourself that question. Well, yeah, it's a good, um, a good philosophy because if you think about, um, before you attempt to buy a product, for example, if you were to, to ask the question, um, is the person who received this going to like it so much that they, <coughs> let's say, are willing to put it on social media and just be so happy that they received it? And if it's a mug or something, then maybe that's not the case. But if you know your client so well that um, it's probable that they would do that, then that kind of answers the question in terms of what, uh, what they would like to receive. And it doesn't have to be expensive. You know, people think about, oh, if I have to go that, I have to spend a lot of money. Think about, because I imagine that, you know, I purchased a, uh, this mic, you know, sure mic, right? And they gave me a sticker. You know, it's a sticker. It costs nothing to print, but I'm proud of buying this mic. And then they actually send me a sticker and it kind of resonated with me. Now the sticker is on my desk. So it could even be a small, something small like that. So think about, how people will consume and use your product and services. So the more that you know about where they are, how they spend the day, the better I can suggest a pro uh, product. You know, if you, for example, uh, going to a more specific, you know that uh, your users are going to be spend the whole day in front of the desk. Then you want to focus on picking something that they will they can display on the desk. You know, so maybe there'll be a desk item, maybe a phone holder, maybe even uh, with the popular, it could be a webcam cover. You know, they're inexpensive item, but then you know that these people are going to see your logos every day and be a kindly reminder. Uh, I think the best I've ever uh, worked for a client, you know, uh, it's he is a ESCO officer. You know, he uh, his target clients are real estate agents. You know, you know, buy and sell houses. So what it does is it's, it's nothing fancy at all. He has a, a 30 days calendar. You know, it's pretty big, you know, like this big that he will hand drop to all the realtor offices every month. So the, the key point was he will show his face every month to all the realtors and then he will give them the calendar for that month. And then he make the face to face connection and he also gave an item that they're going to use for the day because they can make notes on it. Uh, so then it serves a lot of different purpose. So whenever they sell a house, they need escrow service. Who do you think they'll call right away? Yeah, well, I have seen um, calendars uh, used before. That is a good example because I have I have seen that as a uh, a promo giveaway. Mm -hmm. You get them for a year. Yeah, sure. It sits on your desk, as you say. <laughs> and then I, I, I like to encourage clients because if you know that you're going to spend marketing you know if you're a seasonal business then you know people are probably thinking about uh if they're planning ahead they're planning about fall or even christmas right now 2021 then why don't you buy uh you know sometimes you know people like to save money right but then when you ask them to save money they sometimes they say no uh actually in summer is the best time to uh, print calendars right if you buy a winter jacket in the winter it's going to be expensive and not on sale but then if you buy a winter jacket in summer, it's going on sale. So it's seasonal, you know, and sometimes I will have different clearance special. They're off season that you can use probably for next season. Then, you know, that's how, 
you know, sometimes people, you know, they always want to save money, uh, and other, you know, things. We buy off season things for later on use. So, uh, that's another, you know, consideration if you wanted to plan out, uh, for the entire year's worth of promotional products. Uh, well, we're about to approach Valentine's Day. So have you, have you got any Valentine's Day promotional stuff on your site? Yeah, a lot of edible stuff, you know, uh, you know, chocolates, you know, people like to eat sweets, uh, on mm -hmm. Valentine's Day. So, uh, but then this year you still got to melt them out. So probably right now it's too late to send them out. But then a lot of chocolates, you know, a lot of sweets and, you know, hot chocolates. So those are, those are popular as well. Well, it sounds like a pretty interesting business. Do you enjoy it? Yeah, because I, I like to be more, you know, on the creative side and, you know, not just dealing with the commodity. So I, I really am curious person and I like to find out, you know, why people do it the certain way. And then uh, I really wanted to have the open dialogue with the clients. So because the more that we know about them, I think the better that we could help them. And have you got any um, case studies of, you know, interesting, let's say, you know, a client sends out 100 letters or something like that, and they, and along with your referral recommendation, and they end up getting a load. Have you got any case studies like that? Yeah, a recent example is uh, we help a um, elementary school uh, here in uh, Northern California. They, they normally will sell the t-shirts and, and product uh, in person whenever there's a school function or whenever a uh, parent drops their kids off to school. So right now, everyone is at virtual learning, but then they still want to have uh, the parents and the, the, the kids to have a, a school spirit, right? So we decided to put a online store for them. So we have uh, t-shirts, we have hoodies, we have hats, uh, all kinds of items on, on the site. So they actually emailed it um, to all the parents, uh, to the family. Normally they would do about, you know, $4,000 to $5,000 per year for selling these type of item. But by putting it online, parents can actually send it to, uh, grandparents who are out of state or not in the city. Um, they can actually, they actually have over $7,000 of merchandise sold in a two weeks period. So now by doing virtually, uh, they're able to do more than what they normally do in person. So, and now we are about to start another campaign for, for spring. So hopefully we could help them to generate more, uh, funds to support, uh, you know, the, the learning experience. So I think, um, think of it virtual, you know, just because that, you know, what, like, what you're used to for marketing are not available right now doesn't mean that you have to stop. You know, there are always different ways to do that. There are always a new app, a new strategies to come out. Maybe check it out, you know, broaden your horizon and, you know, find out maybe if this new technology can help your business. That's a great point. And do you, for your existing clients, for your business, do you send out promotional um, stuff with your logo on it to them? Yeah. Some, and, and just like what I preach, you know, we, we identify who our top clients are for that year. So we'll send out and think about who they are. You know, the challenge sometimes is they might be in different industries. So we, we got to be a little bit more general. But then I think sending the item is one thing, but I always, as a, you know, good, uh, representative, I would do check in. I do go old school. I call them, you know, not to sell them or anything, but then really in, in the times that we're in right now to, to check in, to really find out, uh, no strings attached, you know, how you are, you know, are there, uh, 
other things that you're doing. You know, I, I like networking a lot. So if they mention something that I know <clears throat> and not a company or a contact that can help them, I really do my best and go of my own way, try to connect them to help them with whatever problem that they have. Maybe they need something in accounting and maybe they need something, you know, finding a, a nicer uh, worker for, for the company. I will recommend to the expert that they want. So that's another way that I will build goodwill to the client. Not only do you could come to me for my product, you can also come to me if you have a particular problem that you want recommendation uh, on the uh, subject expert. So uh, I'm known to my client for having that resources. You're an example then. I also like the um, the way that you referred to picking up the phone as a uh, old school. I thought that was cool. Yeah, you can, old school. I mean, it could be a Zoom call, right? That you know, I <laughs> consider like a Zoom call. Right? I think it's more. Um, it's better. You know, you could. You know, you, you kind of have to pay more attention than if you're on the phone. Sometimes you walk around and you, you know, you're not paying attention. So, uh, technology can actually bring us anywhere in the world right now. Look at you and I. You know, we're different continents and we're connecting. So, uh, I also encourage uh, people to think bigger. You know, maybe you're only in your geographical area, but then even if you think you're strange, you're weird uh, of your product and services, there are a lot of people in the world who are like that. Maybe they're always seeking out on your product, but they couldn't find it. Now, with uh, the technology that we have with Zoom, you can actually attract people around the world. So maybe you can actually grow your business by having people virtually. You know, there are there are a lot of companies that are like that right now. Have you got any closing thoughts on customer retention or anything that you feel like we haven't covered? I think first of all, you do want it to if you haven't done so, grow through your client list. Maybe check your CRM or maybe check your accounting software. You gotta know who your top ten clients are. That's a must, right? So you obviously gotta retain them, keep them, make sure that they're happy, and then develop a profile of your most profitable type of client. So obviously if they spend the most money, if they're willing to spend more money than the others, then you these are will be the most important group and then move down the line. So you want to know exactly uh, who likes to purchase your product and services. And then it kind of help you improve on your presentation too, because if you know that, that they check all the profile, then I know that they uh, they pretty well will fit into to the group that I uh, already purchased. So it kind of force you to a different mentality and then you you get better once you know who exactly likes to purchase from you. That's a good point. Um, how many businesses do you think go through that process of um, having like a, as you say, a top 10 list? Not a lot. Even for bigger companies, sometimes we work with, they will look at me strange and say, you know, why do you ask that question? You know, people just buy because they want to buy, you know, but then I, I know who my top 10 clients are, obviously. Um, but I think you always wanted to go through that because, you know, what if you could uh, find out a way to clone your top 10 client, then you have top 20 client who spend a lot of money with you. Would that affect your business? You know, it would be yes for any business. So, but then you have to really know them. So when you know that there's another company who fits the profile of your top 10, then you know that you can really help them with your product and services. When you look at um, the top 10 customers, do you do it by revenue or um, profit, like most profitable customers? 
Well, I'll first look at the uh, the money that they uh, spend with us. So that's the uh, first criteria. But also I'll look at, you know, maybe it is a bigger organization. I already have some relationship with them. Maybe uh, normally it's the marketing department, right? But if they're a bigger company, I know that uh, the administrative department can also purchase from me. The um, you know, uh, HR department can purchase from me. Or maybe there are other, uh, maybe there's an event department. Maybe there's other department that can purchase from me. So I actually dive in and I use LinkedIn as a good tools to find out, uh, who they have connect with. And then if you're smart, then you do your research. Then I actually, uh, when I approach my contact at that big company. So I know that Susan work as HR. Do you think you can make me an introduction to her? Then it would be better than they, you already tell her. Uh, who you wanted to connect with, it will be easier than, can you think of someone who can use that business? You know, they would say, oh, we'll think about it and then nothing happened. But if you do your research, if you really know the demographics, or even if you have a regular client say, I know that you like to play sports in winter, you know, you're using uh, the jacket that we uh, sold you. Do you know other enthusiasts that like you travel with to the winter uh, that can benefit? So you're actually painting the picture or the best referral that you have and you're telling uh, your existing client so they can think of people that are like them, that are a similar interest, maybe their buddy that goes along with them uh, to use your product. So then you're getting more people to sign on to be an advocate of, of your company. It's a great point. So at the end of, or near the end of every uh, podcast that I have, I always ask, um, what are your business goals? Think the business go, we, our industry are shifting. Not really sure. And I don't know what the prediction are when people start going back to event and trade show, you know, so obviously before it was a bread and butter. Are we just going to stay virtual or uh, a lot of businesses I learned, especially here in America, they might not go back to their big offices before where they have like thousands of people in there. You know, are they, they're working virtually. So are we, my goal is to be able to pinpoint those trends and then, you know, pivot our company to be able to still be an advisor to my client. Because if my ideas are not relevant to my clients anymore, I'm not going to be that advisor that they're going to reach out for. So a lot of studying, a lot of pivoting, a lot of paying attention to different industry, but then it's kind of fun, you know, learning something new every day. Okay. And where's the best place for people to find you? Well, you can actually uh, Google my name. Yeah, the exact phrase I have here is Swaiho hashtag the promo guy. You see some of the products that we have, you know, some of the, uh, you know, blog posts that we have uh, and connect with me uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, just look for Swaiho. And I love networking. I love to learn more about your business. Well, thank you very much for being a great guest. And I will speak to you soon. Thank you, Thomas. All right. Bye.